What community sounds like? Stay open. Hey guys, this is Chris from Tap the Craft. I want to tell you about a new partner that we have for the show, B Cups. B Cups is the world's first line of style-specific beer cups for people on the go. Whether by the beach, pool, hiking, or on the boat, B Cups are great for any place you can't use glassware. They're dishwasher safe, lightweight, BPA-free, recyclable, and so clear that they often get mistaken for glass. They come as four packs on Amazon.com, but two packs and variety packs are available on their website at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Go check it out. Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce. I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft from Tampa, Florida, the Wells Bro, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How you doing, buddy? And what is in your glass tonight? I'm having a fantastic night, Denny. Um, just cracked open another beer that I'm going to mention is going to be from Hidden Springs. Mm-hmm. It's their ZFG. Okay, what does that mean? <laughs> ZFG stands for zero fucks given. Oh, now ah, because like this this beer is a zero IBU pale ale. What? Yeah, wow. that doesn't so seem possible. Well, uh, according to the folks at the brewery, they put all of their hops in at the very very end. Okay, uh, after the boil, and uh, yeah, a- according to all their literature that they write, it is a zero IBU pale ale. Okay, so is it really sweet then? Uh, it's a little on the sweeter side. Uh-huh. I, I don't know how it could be zero IBUs because there's, I mean, there's a little bitterness in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I'm sure they measured it. So it's it's official. It's scientifically proven that it's zero. Yeah, physics say that there are zero IBUs. Yeah, in this. yeah. that's probably it. So, that's probably yeah, so... So uh, how are you doing this evening? What's in your glass? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Even though it's been a rainy weekend and a rainy day today here in the Boise area, the rain, it's it's like it must be spring. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it's not quite, you know, we we had some early spring where we had some nice warmer weather, 60 degrees, uh, but that's kind of gone. Now we've got this cold, I won't say, I won't say cold, I'll say wet and because it's wet, you know what comes along with wet dampness mud. and kind of <laughs> mud. Yeah, a lot of mud. Uh, so it is. It feels like it's colder than it really is because that moisture just makes everything kind of feel colder. Uh, but it's okay. You know, I, I'm, it's only going to last uh, midway through the week, and then I'm hoping that the weekend will be good. Why? Because guess what? It is time for me to mow my lawn because this winter was a pretty mild winter. Uh, my grass is starting to grow, and I don't want it to get too shaggy because Sarah is looking, you know, looking at me a little bit strange with my shaggy-haired, uh, you know, lawn out there. So I need to have some dry weather so I can give its first haircut of the season. Maybe throw some fertilizer down there so I can start, you know, mowing every week. No, I don't mm-hmm. want to mow every week, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do to keep that nice, green, healthy lawn. Yeah, yeah. But what's in my glass? Uh, I'm drinking hazy IPAs tonight. 
I uh, I drank a, a double IPA just earlier that I really enjoyed. But right now I'm going back down to the single IPA. This is from Firestone Walker, and it's their Mind Haze IPA. I think I mentioned this beer on the show before. And uh, this is a, it's a, it's a decent hazy IPA. Uh, it's not going to win awards for being like the best hazy ever. In fact, Revision and I'm sure all the you know the hazy IPAs that are really famous are you know it, it can kick the crap out of this beer. But what I like about this beer is it's available in six packs for $9.99 a six pack. And I'll tell you what, it's a fine, very well rounded hazy IPA for a buck seventy nine a can. That's what I got to say. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I've, I've been buying a few six packs of this. That, that When it first arrived about a month and a half ago, it was very limited supply. But now they've they've got this beer in, in most supermarkets and in the co-op. And as I walk by the aisle, you know, to check the beers, I see a six pack on the shelf. I just go ahead and grab it and throw it in my cart. And now I'm drinking this beer, uh, you know, pretty regularly. And I enjoy it. So I wanted to drink it tonight. Because I, like I mentioned, I had a double IPA from Revision Brewing. Everyone knows how I love Revision. I talk about them all the time, and it was a, a very well done, uh, extreme hazy IPA with that big, giant mango, pineapple-y, citrusy f- character with a with a very smooth and like uh, fluffy body that was full. Like you, I mean, it felt like you had, you're drinking like a heavy beer, uh, man. Delicious. I really enjoyed it. No hint of the eight percent or eight point whatever alcohol in it. Uh, yeah, it was a good little pick me up before we started the show. Uh, Give me a little buzz going, for sure. Nice, for sure. It's always important a way to start the show. Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta be uh, lubricated, right? I gotta, mm-hmm. you know, have have everything flow. And if I don't stumble over my words or slur my words throughout the show, it wouldn't be a tap the craft podcast, right? Nope. Yeah. Nope. So. Yeah. One of my new and noteworthies is one I just finished before we started too. I know. I was gonna ask you about it, but you know what? I'm not gonna ask you right now. We'll let it, we'll let it hang out there. For later in the show, when we get to our new and orderly beers, because I saw what you posted. I'm like, ooh, that looks pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's get into the show. But before we do that, let's just tell everyone that's new to Tap the Craft Podcast what we're all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to help all of our listeners along in their craft beer journeys. And you're listening to episode one, two, three. Yeah, one, two, three. I like that. We're recording on Monday, April 8th, 2019. In this episode, we are going to be discussing a couple more articles, or at least an article in a blog post. I know that I was really wanting to have an educational uh, you know, segment on this one because we did news articles last show, but these two articles kind of really stood out to me, and I thought they would bring out some great conversation between Chris and I because these are important things that are happening in the craft beer world. And the first thing we're going to talk about is how uh, there's there's a new craft beer collaborative partnership going on out there. There's breweries that are going, well, there's breweries that are, that are going to combine and create bigger entities, kind of like the Canarchy that we talked a little bit about last show. Uh, these, are, these are things that are going to happen. These are things that I was hoping was going to happen. I predicted that might happen a few years ago 
when we started seeing so many of these small breweries coming around and a lot of the breweries being that wanted to kind of make their way up into the higher ranks getting picked up by the big beer. And I was hoping that instead of some of these breweries having the only option to be picked up by big beer, that maybe they could combine together and create these partnerships that can help each other out in distributing their beers and getting that funding and that, uh, you know, that, that success uh, mm -hmm. staying within the craft beer world. So we're going to talk about an article there. We're also going to talk about uh, a, an article and a blog post, actually, uh, concerning Stone Brewing and Brewdog Brewing. These are two names that have been in the news quite a bit in the last couple of years for two different reasons. And uh, this is a, a really interesting uh, situation going on. It's, uh, it's kind of how craft brewers who are trying to make their global presence uh, known and how to weather out some of these ups and downs that can go on. There's one brewery that's doing a very good job at it and another brewery that maybe not, not doing so well. They need to kind of rethink their strategy. So these are two great articles that I think we're going to have a good time chatting about between Chris and I and, of course, just reading what, what these authors had to say about it. So that's what you have to, to uh, look forward to. Plus, you know that Chris and I are going to have some great conversation along the way. So let's start that conversation off with one of our newer segments. This is what our listeners are drinking. So, Chris, have you prepared for what our listeners are drinking on Untapped? Absolutely. So starting off, uh, I want to I'm going to go back just a little further mm -hmm. than I would usually just because I just saw this picture from our buddy Mark Connor. Oh, uh, drinking a uh, stone fear movie lions double IPA out of a really sweet looking B cup. Oh, oh, he's got his B cups. So not only did he give it uh get to drink his beer out of out of his newly acquired B cups that he got for free for registering into our contest. Yeah. But he also gave it five cap rating. Ooh. Wow. And he writes, this review is more for the cup that I'm using. I want a four <laughs> pack of IPA B cups from to tap the craft podcast. These will be great for on the deck. Yes. For yeah, sure. So let's hop back out of that one. We'll hop up to Mr. Tom Joseph's drinking Guayabara by Cigar City Brewing. And he gave that one a three and three quarters caps. Just wrote very good. That's their Citra Pale Ale. Okay. And Denny, those collaborations are why you are now able to get Cigar City in Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk mm -hmm. about that a little later too. Mm -hmm. uh, moving up to, God, I never thought I'd be reading this name. John Ream. Oh, drinking a, a beer. <laughs> I, yeah, this is the, yeah uh, less than 24 hours ago. So he's drinking the Boss Tweed North New England. I can't. I must be drunk already. <laughs> Keep on drinking. <laughs> I, uh, so John's drinking the Boss Tweed New England double IPA by Old Nation Brewing Company. Gave that one four caps. Didn't write anything. Wow. But, you know, that's gave a, it four caps. That's a big rating for John. Well, I mean, he's pretty particular, so yeah. it must be pretty damn good beer uh tom Byrne drinking a heavy boots of lead imperial stout by single cut beer smiths uh for a late national beer day i present this late check-in is what he writes <laughs> uh gave that one a four cap rating okay. uh moving on up to henrik is drinking a huge by hartwell at huge and that's huge h U-G-G-E, but the U has the umlauts on it. Oh, okay. Uh, but it gave it an average beer rating of two and a half Ooh, caps. Oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. 
Um, let's see. Kevin Page. Let me guess. He's drinking something by Arcane. Yep. Arcane Aleworks. Uh, drinking Grandma Fingers Strawberry Shortcake. <laughs> what does that mean? Wait, what is it? What the heck is a Grandma Fingers? Anyway, what does that refer to? All right. So I'm kind of ta- I'm trying to take a look at the picture. <laughs> Uh, so it's a picture of a grandmother uh, holding a uh, a strawberry shortcake that uh, looks like she has taken her finger and uh, dragged it through the uh, whipped cream on it. Uh, oh. So her her finger with the whipped cream on it is the eye in the word fingers. Oh, okay. That's that's must be an inside joke because I don't know. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Arcane does some pretty weird stuff. Okay. Uh, so he's drinking uh, Grandma Fingers strawberry shortcake. By Arcane Aleworks. Gave that one a four cap. Um, Drinking another beer, Kevin is. uh, The End is Never Near by Burial Beer Company. Oh, Burial's great. Yeah. I'm glad to see he got... uh, Seems like he got a bunch of that when he was out there last time. Uh, Three and a quarter caps for him. Let's see. Wow, three and a quarter for a burial beer. Three and three quarters. Oh, okay. That's better. I can't read. (laughs) I can't talk. We're good. Uh, Jay Collins is drinking a Maybach by Fanta Flora Brewery, uh, and he gave that one three and three quarters caps. There that, we go. That's a style that uh, you don't ever hear about. That's true. Yeah, Maybachers. I, I like them. Yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, I know the the most famous one, which, again, uh, people may say it's not truly a Maybach. I don't know if it is or not, but it's one that I've drank a lot, of course, is Rogue's dead guy have you had that before chris mm-hmm. that's a good one yeah it's good it's a good drinker i just i enjoy drinking it and whether or not it's a traditional Maybach, i don't know but it sure is damn tasty for sure mm-hmm. that's a good beer uh moving on to chad lamasa drinking a sliding into the dms by evil genius beer company gave that one a four cap rating mm. uh johan hallberg oh man you got to give me the hard to pronounce words today yes uh, kasudan Kes- nestor saison Wow. I'm not, I'm not even going to uh, try the brewery name <laughs> or the uh, or the place where he, yeah, so he bought it at the brewery apparently. So oh. uh, the, the first word though is Kasudans, but I'm not going to try the other one. Okay. Uh, so he gave that one uh, three and a half caps. Uh, Mark Collins again, drinking Pulp Patriot by Brewdog. Gave that one four caps. Uh, James Kudzall. Uh, drinking Curio by Allagash Brewing Company. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Checking this in again. Previous was on tap at the Allagash Brewery. This is from a bottle. Very tasty for a 10.4% beer. Gave that one three and 3.75 caps. Oh, wow. Um, Chad Lamasa again, drinking The Natural Villain by Goose Island Beer Company. Gave that one four caps. Oh, I haven't, uh, I haven't had that one. Have you had that? Mm-mm. I don't think I'll be honest with you. Other than the bottle of Bourbon County that's in my fridge right now, I haven't really had anything from Goose Island in a very long time. Oh, I just drank a Matilda, um, and I almost picked up a Sophie. I, I love their Belgian stuff. I mm-hmm. I drink them when I when I see them in the beer cabinet. I'll grab one if I don't have one. I had the Matilda for a while. I finally drank that one. It, I mean, those were good beers, but uh, we don't get very many of their stuff here. I mean. Which is surprising, right? That's one of the benefits of being uh, distributed by Anheuser-Busch is you would think that more of their beers would get out to the different areas. But I, I have definitely a set amount of, of stuff that comes, right? The, the Goose Island IPA comes here a lot. 
what's the the numbered one? It's a the three one two wheat. Yeah, yeah, that one comes. I'll uh, probably have that this week, as a matter of fact. Okay. Because every time every time be, we go to Las Vegas, yeah. it's like one of the halfway decent beers that's on tap at like the that, Hard Rock Casino. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think that's the last time I had it too. What might have been when I was uh, at Hard Rock or in Vegas uh, last year. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I like their stuff, but I don't get stuff like that. Right? That's something that's not getting out to my way, and I would try that. It sounds pretty good, and he gave it a four cap rating. Yeah, it's Natural Villain is, uh, let's see, for the fourth year in a row, Goose Island has collaborated with one of the musical artists performing at Pitchfork Music Festival. This year, we had the guys from Twin Peaks meet with our brewmaster, Jared Jankowski, to develop Natural Villain, a garage lager. What? Oh. So is that like uh, prison wine? (laughs) Garage. Screwing up a batch of garage lager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is this refreshing and light-bodied lager has a light bready quality that is balanced by a mild hop character. Cheers. Hmm. Yeah, it's an it's an American light lager. Oh, I clicked way too many buttons. There we go. Uh oh. All right, uh, moving on up. Uh, Denny Luce oh. is drinking the Bruff by Revision Brewing Company. Yeah, and I like that you always check in at the Bat Cave. That's I pretty do. awesome. Yeah, I. Mine is mine is the uh, is the beer cave, uh, but it's labeled as a dog park. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, Denny, you wrote new artwork, digging it. Yeah. The beer is awesome, big, juicy, tropical, citrusy double IPA that is super smooth with a fluffy mouthfeel and full body. Mm-hmm. And gave that one four and a half caps. Yeah, Man, it's I'm, awesome. I really I'm enjoyed it. F- I'm looking forward to uh, go searching for some revision stuff. Uh, yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah. I can go. I can do that. Yeah, go to Corey's and uh, pick up whatever they have. You need to. I'm gonna have to Uber to Corey's though. Oh, you're not driving? No. Oh. No, I just because we do everything right there at one place. Um, we're gonna go do a little fun, little fun uh, outing on Wednesday with our with our team but mm-hmm. other than that we're uh, we're staying in one single location okay. so we'll see I, it's okay. it's a 20 minute ride out to Corey's. i might do it though yeah it's not it, too it totally it's not too it. bad we yeah we uh i went to Corey's last time i was in vegas last summer i went to Corey's and i liked it good, mm-hmm. good selection it's, it's a great place uh like i said it might be worth it because we're going to be there till the following monday so yeah. yeah pick up a good supply so you can uh, drink all i mean are you are you bringing beer with you no, and oh. you, and and I I almost I'm hesitant to bring my bottle shipper with me too. And Megan, <laughs> Megan, Megan says, "What do you mean you're not bringing your bottle shipper?" I was like, I, you know, I just I have enough beer here. That's true. That is, you know what? You are being smart. Don't let your wife talk you into buying more beer. <laughs> I know, but it keeps her happy, and then I in turn get to be happy. Well, so. let me tell you this though: you have an opportunity to buy. Belching Beaver mm-hmm. and some revision. I mean, it might be worth it to bring it just so you can haul back some of these beers you can't get in Tampa. Denny, so. you you way to flip flop. <laughs> well, I'm I'm I can go. I can see both sides. I can see both sides. I'm here for uh-huh. both of you. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the next one. Jay Collins again is drinking a hot pistol by Noda Brewing Company. Uh, gave that one three and three quarters caps. Let's see, uh, Chris. Yeah, I just drank. I just drank. Uh, that's a new and noteworthy. We'll talk about that. Okay. One a yeah, bit. yeah. Don't don't give it away yet. 
And then David Makazuki is drinking a Red Horse beer by San Miguel Brewery. Oh, gosh. Uh, San Miguel, huh? Yeah. What did he get uh, that one? He, he, well, he wrote decent and was fairly inexpensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like saying to someone, you know what? You're you're pretty unique. Yeah, you're pretty unique. <laughs> uh, he gave that one three and a half caps. Oh, okay. And and that's what our listeners are drinking. Wow, that's some great variety and some good some good conversation we had there too. So that was yeah. good. Thank you, Chris. So, yeah. So if you guys want to have us read what you're drinking, we go through and do it every uh, you know the 24 hours from the time we're, we're recording the show, uh, 24 hours back. So follow me on Untapped at MCK one three four five. Yeah, yeah. Get your uh, beers out there for sure, for sure. Okay. Um, let's go into some beer-related activities. I'm going to go real quick because mine's not too – I don't have any real activities, but I wanted to talk about the fact that April is Idaho Craft Beer Month, and we opened up the month on April 4th. That seems to be – I think that's the, the day they start every year because it seems like it's always on a Thursday and it's always uh, April 4th. And this is the third year that we've been doing Idaho Beer Month. And I've got a glass for every single uh, year they've done it so far. So, of course, I couldn't pass on getting my glass by by not partic- uh, participating in one of the events that were going on last Thursday. Uh, I went to Mad Swede Brewing, and I uh, just on the way home from work, I said, you know what? I'm going to go stop here. I'm going to grab a beer, grab a glass, uh, just relax a little bit. Uh, and I had their... Uh, Sunbather Brown Ale, and uh, I enjoy this brown ale, but it's uh, it's not as flavorful as I as I like in my brown ales. It's kind of more mild, but they had an experimental batch where they said, "Hey, we threw in more malt." I'm like, "Ooh, more malt! That sounds pretty intriguing to me." So yeah, give me uh, a pint of that. And I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed that beer. I didn't check it in because they didn't have a special check-in for it. Uh, but I really did enjoy it. And I like the fact that they did throw in more malts. It does have a much more uh, kind of like burnt caramel or toffee character to it uh, that was really, really tasty. And I enjoyed it. So that's how I celebrated uh, the opening of Craft Beer Month. And I got my little uh, my, my glass. Uh, so that's all I had to talk about for a beer event. So, Chris, now, I mean, you have one thing listed here. I don't know if this one thing is what I was wanting you to talk about. What, what, do, you, what do you have for, for your events this last couple of weeks? Yeah, so uh, last – not the Sunday we just had. I'm, yeah, so not yesterday, mm-hmm. but uh, last week. We had, we had some visitors here oh, at the okay. house. Yes, that's what yeah. I should talk about, yeah. Yeah, we, we had some visitors here at the house. Um, so not only did I have uh, our friends Tina and Manny here uh, with their daughter Aria when we were hanging out in the pool and having some beers, uh, we also had some visitors from up north come and see us. Mm. Uh, Kevin and Amanda Argauer were actually yes. here. And uh, we got the, t- got the uh, chance to spend some time with them, uh, drink some beers together, and uh, just hang out by the pool. Uh, it was a great day to do that. I mean, the weather was absolutely perfect. Um, just kind of hung out, ate some food. I smoked some ribs Ooh. in the smoker, and we made some burgers and some smoked sausage and all kinds of other stuff. Um, and, of course, Kevin, again, thank you for bringing that horrible, horrible cake that you brought from Publix because it's gone. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so Kevin brought a cake. Yeah, so they went to the grocery store and bought and brought a uh, cake and cookies, which I mean, I may or may not have eaten more than I probably should, okay. but yeah. So, uh so they brought those and the uh and we actually got to have uh we had some game time. We were playing a game called Bad People and I, I'll uh I'll let I'll let you guys look that up because <laughs> I've already dropped my singular f bomb for the show today, oh, so okay. uh, we'll we'll go ahead and just if you want to find out what that game's about, you go look it up. It's on okay. Amazon. Okay, um, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun and a really good way to get to know people. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so if anybody plays Cards Against Humanity, uh, Denny, if you know that game mm-hmm. at all, yeah, 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 it's worse than Cards Against Humanity. Oh no. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's good. Uh, but they were down at they were down here for a friend's wedding. And uh, we were able to hook up and uh, enjoy some time together. I cracked my last bottle of 2017 Hunapu. Ooh, nice. And uh, got to split that in our B cups. I, I did see the picture. I saw the photo of uh, you guys all sporting your B cups with some nice beers. And mm-hmm. uh, that was a surprise. I didn't realize that you guys were going to meet up. I'm so glad that you guys had another opportunity to spend some time together. Because I know that last trip that Amanda was there was a little bit... Uh, you know, hectic for her, and she she didn't maybe get to enjoy herself as much as she'd like. So I hope this trip was much more enjoyable, and you guys were able to just relax at the pool yeah. and drink some beer. Yeah, it was a good time. And of course, she uh, she wanted to just hang out with with our dogs and stuff. So she, I, I let her play uh, play fetch with Cajun. So she just threw the ball for Cajun in the pool <laughs> for about a half hour. <laughs> yeah. So um, she also po- sent me a picture of a of a of a puppy or another dog oh yeah so manny and tina have a um it's probably about 12 or 16 week old uh uh blue pit bull puppy oh wow name named violet and yes uh, violet that's it i was trying to remember the name violet yeah and when manny and tina come and stay with us they bring the puppy with them so they (laughs) well now yeah i think she had a good time just spending time with the puppy too she loves yeah she loves dogs well, we have a we have how our kitchen's laid out. We have a small area that you could have like a kind of a small dine-in kitchen, um, and then we just have this giant baby gate that co- that divides the kitchen from the actual dining room. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just keep all of our dogs in the kitchen while she went in in there and just sat down on the floor and hung out with all of them. So she was in heaven. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She you could just see it. She was excited. But yeah, I was was glad that we were able to do that because uh yeah, like you said the last last time that she was down here it was it was very short-lived. It was hey, let's grab a couple beers and squeeze in as much time as we can, but uh it was nice that Kevin was able to come with her too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so so are you taller than Kevin or are you guys both the same size? I, I don't know if we're the same height or if he might be a little taller than me. I couldn't yeah. really tell. Yeah, cuz uh I will I will admit, you know, meeting up with both of you guys uh, in different times, not to all together, but I will admit that I, it didn't surprise me that Kevin was so tall, but you did surprise me that you were so tall because I never, when all the photos and stuff I had seen over the years, I never had guessed that you were like, as tall or taller than I am. So it was a surprise to me, but I, but yeah, Kevin's definitely a tall guy. So mm-hmm. the three of us hanging out, will be like the, the, the three towers, yeah, no, we'd hit our heads on all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. 
Okay. Well, great. That sounds like a fantastic event. I'm I'm glad it happened, and I can't wait. I I still, you know, so Sarah, I, I've mentioned already that Sarah and I are going to Ireland at the end of June, mm-hmm. which means that we have to figure out, you know, when the recordings happen so we can, we can get the recording all done and booked up before I leave because I'll be gone for 10 days uh, in Ireland, and we're looking forward to that. But uh, we do want to... You know, we have two more. We have two trips. We have a couple of trips we want to do, but I definitely want to get down to Tampa, and I we need to go back to Pittsburgh to visit Amanda and Kevin. So uh, after this trip, we'll have to figure out how we can save our money for our next trips because it's good. It's good to spend time with people that we really, uh, truly enjoy. So. Yeah, and and then you guys wait wait till it gets a little colder up north, and then mm-hmm. come down here. And yeah. Then- That'll, you'll be able to spread that time out just a little better. Yeah, true. Very true. Okay, well, let's get into our new Noteworthy beers. Again, you just got done talking, Chris, so let me give you a little rest. You can wet that mouth with some beer, and uh, I'll talk about my new Noteworthy beers. And as Chris hinted at, uh, it, one of the nice positive things about some of these breweries combining uh, their resources is that when you collaborate with breweries, you can get these beers some of these beers further out than where you normally get to distribution because now they're collaborating with their beer styles and their beers and breweries that are closer to the West Coast. And that's what happened with Cigar City and uh, Oscar Blues, who are part of the Canarchy uh, Coalition or whatever they're called. And I I received my first Cigar City beer in Boise last weekend. Well, weekend before last, again, like Chris said, not this Sunday or weekend, but the weekend before last, I went to the co-op and when I, I saw uh, a stand uh, outside the beer cooler and I looked at it, I'm like, ooh, that looks like a pretty cool can art. And it kind of reminded me of Cigar City. And when I got up close, I saw it was Cigar City and Oscar Blues did a collaboration. And they did a collaboration called the Bam- Bambarana Imperial Stout. And I hope I said that right, Bam Barana. But this is a imperial stout aged in whiskey and brandy barrels that includes figs, dates, and Ambarana wood spirals. And I read this beer, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this beer has got everything that I love. I didn't know what uh, Ambarana wood is, but, hey, it's wood spirals. I like woodiness in my beer. Uh, comes in in a 12-ounce can, 12.2% ABV, a big beer. And each one of these cans was about uh, 5 bucks a can. Now, I just complained about paying uh, $6 for a 12-ounce bottle of the KBS, right? I said, I'm passing mm-hmm. on this because I don't want to pay $6 for a 12-ounce can or bottle. But I've had KBS before, and although KBS is decent, it's not something that I feel that I, I need to pay that crazy price for all the time. So it didn't drive me to buy it. But because I never had this beer, I picked up one can. Got home. We drank it when we got home. And both Sarah and I absolutely fell in love with this beer. We fell in love with it. We went back to the store and bought another six-pack of the beer. Uh, it comes in four packs. We bought, I, I, I mean... This is how crazy we are. We went and bought a uh, another single 
because Sarah went and surprised me and said, here, I got another one for us. We drank it, and I had a different flavor coming off the second beer. It was still good, but I definitely got more of the wood character out of the second can than I got out of the first can. Then we, she went back and bought another four-pack of this beer. Now, again, this beer is five bucks a can, so now we just spent 30 bucks for a six-pack. But I'll tell you what. Oh, excuse me. I'm burping up my beer. Uh, this beer is worth it. It is so good and has so many flavors coming out that I just absolutely love it. And there's no way that you would guess that this beer is 12.2%. You drink two of them, you stand up, and you're going to fall on the ground because you <laughs> had no idea you just drank that much alcohol. Uh, I love it. The, it comes across a little bit more uh, boozy in the aroma, but the flavor definitely is not boozy. You get the real characters out of the, the whiskey barrel and the brandy. You get both characters as you're drinking it. You'll get some of that chocolate up front, uh, some of that figs and dates up front. It'll mellow out into the mid, and at the finish, you'll start to get, you know, as you go in from the mid to the finish, you'll get some of that whiskey character, and then the finish will be pretty much the brandy, right? You'll get that brandy barrel uh you know, character in the finish. Perfect. I love this beer. I gave it a five cap rating. Uh, and this beer with like, I think there's, I don't remember how many, like five to 6,000 people have had it. The overall rating for this beer is four and a quarter, I think, four and a quarter uh, caps. And my friends list, I think there's six friends on my untapped that have had this beer. And again, this beer was just released a couple weeks ago. Um, there's six people that have had it. And the average rating for my my uh, friends is four and a half. So uh, this is a beer that if you can find it in your area, I recommend you go get a can and try it. It is really, really good. I, I really love this beer. So, Chris, have you had this one yet? Uh, I have. I don't think I checked into it, though. I do remember having it at uh, Cigar City. Oh, why, why didn't you check into it? Because I suck, okay? <laughs> Man, jeez. Yeah. Did you did you enjoy it? Do you remember? Um, I don't. You don't remember? Okay, go buy another, go get another glass and then fill us in on, oh, wait, you're leaving. But you know what? You might be able to get it in. I'll Vegas. probably see it out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great beer. Uh, I really love it. I really love it. And I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, to drinking more of it. And who knows? Maybe I'll buy another four pack, uh, spend another 20 bucks, uh, you know, on it. It's that's good. Okay, now moving on to a beer that I bought a little bit ago, but I hadn't tried yet because I was waiting for the right moment. Uh, it's Founders Blushing Monk Belgian Fruit Beer. And uh, this fruit beer has a lot of raspberries in it. When I say a lot of raspberries, I mean this beer is absolutely full of raspberry flavor, like raspberry jam flavor. It's jammy raspberry flavor. And... It's like 9.2% alcohol. And I will say that in this one, because it is a little bit on the sweeter side, it does give you a hint that there's alcohol in it, but it's not overbearing with the alcohol taste. It really is a, a very good fruit beer. It reminds me of like the Lindemann's uh, Lambic Raspberry, but the Lambic Raspberry uh, from Lindemann's Belgian Lambic is more uh, subtle and more delicate and dainty. 
This is like in-your-face raspberry jam with a Belgian yeast character and really good. Uh, I gave this one a four and a quarter rating. I, I really like this beer. Have you had Founders Blushing Monk? Mm, I don't think I have. Okay. You should you should get it for uh, for Megan for sure. Okay. Um, I think and I think you'll enjoy it too. It's it's really it's really good. I really liked it a lot, and and Sarah liked it a lot too. So we we both enjoyed that one. That's a pretty big beer too. It's a big beer, a nine point two, basically like lambic. But I mean, lambics are usually like two and a half percent, right? <laughs> I mean, they're mm-hmm. like super super low. But this has a lot of those characteristics, but just a lot more in your face fruit flavor. Yeah, you're gonna have to start bringing this one to Thanksgiving. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I might need to pick up a couple more bottles and just age them, and <laughs> see see how they go. Uh, the last beer I'll talk about is from Almanac Brewing or Almanac Beer Company. It's out of uh, San Jose, California. I drink their a lot of the beers I drink from them are sour beers. They do some of the best sour beers ever. I love their sours, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, they do do some other styles and they've been diving into some of these hazy IPAs. So I went ahead and picked up a couple of hazy IPAs from them that I hadn't tried before. And this one's called the Love Hazy IPA. It had a big, like huge mango tropical fruit character and it was very smooth. Like, I mean, v- really, really smooth and had a, that pillowy, fluffy mouthfeel that you get in some of those really good, well done, hazy IPAs. I don't know if it's because they're putting in like a lot of oats in there or something. They're putting something in there that gives you this mouthfeel that is just really wonderful. Uh, I, I enjoyed this beer. Uh, I gave it a four cap rating. So if you can get Almanac in your area, they don't distribute too far away from California, but if you can get Almanac, I recommend going and trying uh, this uh, Love Hazy IPA. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Okay, Chris. Well, I'm glad you uh, brought up uh, the fluffy mouthfeels with in IPAs with oats because my first one is uh, is a double oat IPA. Oh, oh, nice! <laughs> now the reason I I had I actually had to drink this one in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. right? So I was uh, I had an appointment. I think uh, I don't know, like eleven o'clock that morning, and then I came home and then I had a big gap of time until the afternoon. Well, come to find out, I. Uh, I don't know if it was the night before or for first thing that morning, um, the alarm was going off on my temperature controller that, oh. that, um, controls my beer fridge. Yeah. So I went over to see what was going on and found out that the temperature probe wasn't inside of the, um, wasn't inside of the cooler. So the cooler was running and it's a chest freezer. Oh my gosh, it was freezing everything. <laughs> right? So Oh no. So I have a really cool story to go along with this, uh, kind of a neat fact, <laughs> if oh, you no. will. Um but uh out of the I don't know, I, I've sent you pictures of yeah. the inside of my beer cooler before. Um there's currently there's probably I don't know, my guess is 30 bottles and some probably another dozen cans or so just in the bottom of this chest freezer. Um and anyway, it was you could tell that things were starting to get some frost on the outside of them. And this beer was the only one that I quote unquote lost. It, you could see that there was some spilling out the side and it mm-hmm. was uh, the, the cap had failed. So I figured, well, it's still cold. It still looks fizzy. So, I mean, 
I guess we're just gonna have to drink this. <laughs> so, so I opened it up and, uh, I drank that one and it was, uh, from four fathers brewing. It was called their juice box Quaker. It was called juice box Quaker. Um, and it was a double oat IPA with Citra, uh, Econaut or Econaut and ma- uh, Mandarina Bavaria hops. Mm. And I, now that you keep bringing up that, that fluffy mouthfeel, because yeah. who doesn't like saying fluffy mouthfeel? Yeah, fluffy, yeah. <laughs> I like fluffy. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it was just really good. And it, that those oats actually really kind of add to that mouthfeel, make it a little more, um, make it soft. Yeah, soft, yeah. yeah. And it's uh, that, that one was really good. Uh, so I had, I had to drink that one at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, um, yeah, but what I did find out is that my chest freezer, so it's nothing special. Um, it's just one of those ones that you, you know, you open the lid on top of it. Um, so I put the temperature probe back in, uh, and I put it on the bottom, and it it literally took a good twenty four to thirty hours uh, before I could leave the temperature probe in there without it going off because there's a low limit and a high limit on mm-hmm. the temperature controller. And my wow. low limit is set at, I believe, 34 degrees. <laughs> and every time that I put that temperature probe back in there for about 24 hours, it would still be 34 degrees at the bottom of that cooler. Wow. And the lid was open the entire time. What? Yeah. So I had unplugged the cooler from the temperature controller and put that put that uh that probe back in there and it stayed below it stayed below 40 40 degrees for over 24 hours with the lid open sheesh that's crazy <laughs> i mean all the beers were were that cold too so i'm i would assume that that had something to do with it but it's still i was amazed of how cold everything stayed um and even when it finally caught up and it kind of evened out to where i could put the probe back in it i pulled all the beer out of it that i wanted and it was still just as cold as if it came out of the refrigerator so did you check the beers while it was in the super cold phase it, did, did a lot of them like freeze up or no nothing nothing else froze so oh. the bottle the bottle of that beer that i was just talking about uh i believe it was a 500 milliliter bottle mm-hmm. or not i'm sorry not, yeah 500 milliliters so it was a little on the smaller side yeah and, uh, that was the only one that failed all the other ones uh held strong okay Maybe they're just so high in alcohol. <laughs> yeah, they didn't freeze. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I gave that one four caps. Uh, I may, may, may should have given it like four and a quarter caps just because of uh, just having to sit outside and having a lunch beer. Yeah. Because uh, I, I actually, I picked up Taco Bell on the way home. Oh, <laughs> no. You didn't drink beer. the spirit taco hell. Come on. Uh, well, it was the only thing that I could get my hands on. I hadn't eaten all morning. So the beer, <laughs> the beer made you feel great. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the next one I wanted to talk about was from Mad Tree Brewing over in Ohio was their Galaxy High Double IPA. Oh, I've had uh, that one. Yeah. yeah, this one's a good one. Uh, gave this one four caps as well. And then the one I just finished before we started recording uh, was from Anchorage Brewing, their Origin Double IPA. So my whole list was IPAs today. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. Um, I'm currently drinking a pale ale, so it's just kind of <laughs> been a hoppy, hoppy kind of week. Um, their their origin double IPA, and I just posted a picture on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, the the can art got me on this one. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it really did. Uh, and 
for those of you who aren't following me on Instagram, it's basically a picture of a wolf body with a man's skeleton inside filling up the body of the wolf. Uh, and it was just some really cool art. It looks like something that somebody would get as like a tattoo or something. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so this one uh, was brewed and double dry hopped with 100% Southern Passion Hops. Now, have you ever heard of Southern Passion Hops, Denny? That's a new one for me. I've never heard of Southern Passion Hops. Um, I, I hadn't heard of it until I typed that up. So um, I guess I guess it's going to be another hop that we've got to learn about. And yeah. uh, Let's put, other, it, let's put it on African. the list. Yeah, we'll put it on yeah. a list of hops to look up. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be, uh, let's see, where do they come from? South Africa. Oh, wow. So I just, I just hopped on a, a webpage called Yakima Valley Hops. Uh, it says, until now, these South African hops have been highly controlled and priced exorbitantly due to exclusivity. Mm. But we at Yakima Valley Hops believe that just because something is exclusive does not mean that it should be expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there you uh, go. So, so they're offering that. You can get some some hot pellets if you want want to do that as well. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Uh, but yeah, that's what I have on my list today. All four caps, all IPAs. Uh, nice. all, dub, all double IPAs? No, the first one was. Yeah. All, all double IPAs. Nice. Dang, you're going big. You're going big. Well, well, I got to in the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying to go big with mine. With uh, you know, I was trying to keep up with uh, Buck Buchanan. It's all those oh big beers he drinks. So I was trying to stay up there with the twelve point two and the nine point two, and then I dropped down to the hazy IPA, which was like six point two. So, oh, you know what? They each went down by three percent. Oh, so I actually did something kind of uh, interesting with my uh, beer selections too. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into some feedback. And guess what? We had a voicemail. Yep, we had a voicemail from Mr. Mark Connor. Let's hear what Mark has to say. Happy Craft, happy National Beer Day. John, Denny, Chris, this is Mark Connor. Calling about those B cups I won. Got them last week. Using them probably tonight. Sitting here with the old lady watching season six, episode three of our Game of Thrones rewatch. These things are really nice. Worked out great. Loma comes through good. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys, and thank you to Fermented Reality also. Have a good one. Bye. All right. There you go. Mark has got his bee cups, and he's enjoying them. Says there's some good aroma coming out of these things, too, which is true, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the IPA cups especially have that nice, uh, what do they call that? I lost a word I was thinking of, but... Uh, you're not helping me at all. I, I know. I'm. I'm not sure where you're going. No, the uh, the cave in. Uh, uh, ah, I, maybe I should stop drinking my beers here. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Mark, for calling in and thanking us and uh, giving us a little review of your B cups. As Chris already read on uh, our Untapped, what our listeners are drinking, uh, we saw that you reviewed it there too. So thank you very much for spreading the word, letting everyone know about how great these B-Cups are. I know for Minute Reality, we really appreciate it, too. All right, we had some other uh, feedback. Uh, oh, before I get into the feedback, I just want to let everyone know we do have a, you know, for the next set of B-Cups contest that we'll be giving away in a few weeks. Uh, there, you know, that this contest is going to be based off of iTunes reviews. So if you want to get in on the contest, you need to go to iTunes and leave a review 
for Tap to Craft Podcast. If you leave a review, you automatically get entered into the contest. Everyone that's already left a review is already entered in. And for every contest that we use iTunes reviews for in the future, you will automatically be entered into that contest. So it's a one-time thing. You enter, you, you leave us a review, and you automatically enter to our contest. So that's a good I thing. I think they should leave us a second one. Uh, they can't. They can only leave <laughs> one at a time. So... All right. Sorry. Sorry. If, if okay. You... So we're going to need you guys to create another account on iTunes <laughs> and leave us a second, leave us a second review. We need to bloat our ratings. Hey, you yeah, know yeah, what? Yeah. I, I feel pretty good because so many podcasts out there don't really get very many, uh, you know, written reviews. And I don't know how many written ones we have. I, I mean, overall, we have 33 reviews. I think that's what I saw when I, I checked it the other day. Did you that's, say 33? 33, yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's really good for iTunes reviews because so many people don't leave anything and uh, and they don't think about it. So I feel pretty good about that. So if we can get that number up to 50, that'd be even better. I'd love to see 50 reviews on there. That just helps us uh, get, you know, get people to recognize us and when they when people see that there's a it's a highly rated podcast, then they'll more likely kind of decide to go ahead and test us out and see if it's for them. So that's why it's kind of important to have these reviews so i mean once we hit 30 that's i mean we pretty much hit the big time right there yeah oh yeah yeah there's a lot of there's so many podcasts out there that don't even have you know 10 reviews so we're doing pretty good mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. okay we also had some comments on twitter and let's see uh uh we had tom burn uh at tom burn 11 on twitter he says love that love when that new tap the craft episode drops on the night shift and uh, Tom Byrne, he works the night shift at the delivery, uh, air, I guess, delivery room. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he helps deliver his babies in the middle of the night. So when he, okay. can, yeah, when he can have a, some uh, podcasts to listen to while he's on night shift, that's, you know, that really helps. Can you put your earbuds in while you're delivering babies? Or? Well, I don't think he can do it while they're delivering, but while they're waiting <laughs> to deliver, I think he can do it. Okay. For sure. Okay. For sure. All right. Why don't you go ahead and read the next two, Chris? All right, so Tom Joseph at King Holmes wrote, yes, another great episode. Spoiler alert, glad to have John back on the episode. And no mention of Chris's B-Cups, win-win. <laughs> Just for that, Tom, I'm taking B-Cups to Vegas. And well, you have to, right? Because at the place you stay, they won't allow <gasps> glass in the pool area. Oh, why didn't I think of that? So I blame it on now Tom. For Now Tom is going to, I'm going to have to just blow up well i won't blow up the twitter feed because i don't have any uh control over that but uh facebook's gonna see a lot of my b cups this coming week it's supposed to be cold in vegas this week though oh really yeah like we might get over 74 oh it's gonna be I mean, I, okay look i i know that's not cold but <laughs> <laughs> like it was, it was 84 here today so and I feel like I can't go through one show without going, oh, yeah, it's hot here in Florida. Everybody yeah. knows that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Kyle Lilly at Kyle in Ohio. Listening now. Love hearing at Prime Brewing back on the pod. Hashtag tap the craft. Hashtag craft beer. And hashtag drink local. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about, uh, you know, drinking local for sure. And, hey, it is nice to hear John on the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hope that he eventually can get to a point where maybe he can join us, you know, every other show would be nice to have, you know, him come back and, and 
and give some input. But hey, if it's every two months, I'll take that too. That's good too. Yeah. All right. So we had an email from our buddy Eric Gronley. Uh, a nice email. And let's. I'll go ahead and start this off. I'll let you, I'll read part of it there, Chris, and let you finish it off so we can save our voices for later on's uh, articles. So he says, hi, guys. I wanted to write in and give a shout-out to a brewery that a couple buddies and I checked out this last week. The brewery is Spilled Spilled Grain Brewhouse. They are about an hour outside of Minneapolis-St. Paul, and uh, so it's a commitment to get there. The commitment you make is quite worth it as they have so many different styles of beer on tap, and they are all amazing quality. We all grabbed a couple flights to try. I have to mention a couple that were noteworthy. The first is Great White Buffalo, a coffee cream ale. It was really refreshing and had fresh coffee flavor. Not too bitter like other coffee dishes you can get. I love coffee and golden beers. I just want to comment that that is so true, that when a coffee character can come across lighter with just giving you some of that that uh, characteristic of the coffee without giving you the bitterness, that is a real special treat. I do enjoy uh, coffee cream ales and coffee goldens and ambers that that don't come off too bitter. So I have to agree with Eric there. Yeah, I do too. I like the coffee and the in the golden beers, especially when you when you take that first sip and it really just kind of messes with your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, um, and then the second was their emancip- Emancipator Doppelbach. It has a huge depth of flavor, starting with a big malty dark fruit character, nice caramelly bready notes with a smooth finish. They also won a silver medal in the 2017 U.S. Open Beer Cup. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and finish off uh, the email from Eric. All right. Final noteworthy one was their Imperial Black IPA. Right there up your alley, Denny. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. A style I've never had. It had a wonderful roast flavor, plenty of hops to fit the double IPA bill, and hid the 10% ABV almost too well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this uh, this brewery is definitely under the radar, but I've thought back to many of the beers I tried last week and keep remembering them. That's a good sign of some good beer. My wife and I are heading to Washington, D.C. this coming week on the 12th. Are there any great beers I should tr- be trying out while we're out there? Keep up the great work on the shows. I've gone back and listened to around 35 shows over the last month and find myself catching new things I might have missed the first time. Thanks, Eric Gronley in Minneapolis, Minnesota. P.S. You guys have always said my last name correctly. Thanks for letting <laughs> listeners be a part of the show. All right. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. So, Chris, since you are from the Maryland, almost D.C. area, uh, do you have any suggestions on beers that he might have to try while he's in that area? You know what? The, the sad part is, is that uh, when I left that area, uh the biggest thing that I could tell you about would be Duclaw. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, mm, I mean, we could find something. We could, what, he's leaving on the 12th? Yeah, I think he's uh, Thursday or show Friday. I think. On Friday. Um, or the show release is on the 11th. So, uh, we'll have to see if I can't stalk him on Facebook real quick and I'll send him a quick look, see if yeah. I can't get some uh, recommendations for him. Also, too, um, Tara Carlson. Uh, they live out kind of in that area. 
Yeah. And James, and James Kudzall. Yeah. Yeah, they live kind of out in that area too, so they might have some recommendations too. So um, I'll put something on the Facebook page to see if we can't figure something out. Well, don't worry. I wrote back to him because I knew that he was going to be leaving, maybe not being able to listen to the show before mm-hmm. he leaves. So I wrote back with a couple of my suggestions. So I also mentioned Duclaw as being the one DC brewery that I have had in that area because a lot of times I'm I'm there. I'm not st- I'm not in DC, right? I'm staying in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, you know, out there visiting a lot of the stuff in DC. But DC Bra- Bra- Brow is one that I have had and I do enjoy their beer. I also mentioned Flying Dog in Maryland, right? Oh yeah. Uh, Fredericksburg or Fredericks, Maryland, I think, right? Something like that. Fredericks. I can't remember. Uh, it's in Frederick. Frederick. Okay. Frederick. And, uh, I, I haven't had much of their beer since they've moved out into Maryland, but I did have a lot of their beer when they were in Colorado and distributing here to the Boise area. And I love their beer. So I told them, Hey, you, I guarantee you can find some flying dog beers out there. If you just go to the, you know, package store or the grocery store and pick up a, you know, sample pack or whatever, you can get some good beers. They they really have some good ones. And I'll just mention that, you know, one of my favorite is uh, is their Flying Dog, Doggy Style Pale Ale. Uh, I love that beer. It has great artwork. It's just a nice pale ale, easy drinking, uh, very well done in my opinion. They also have the Raging Bitch Belgian uh, Quad. No, Belgian, shoot, now I can't think of the thing. It's a Belgian ale. Uh, a little bit stronger, but also really good Belgian quad. I think it is a quad, but now I'm I'm probably mistaken. The uh, raging bitch. Yeah, the raging bitch. Is that a quad, or is it a? I don't know. You can look it up. Um, Belgian style IPA. Oh, is it an IPA? Oh, Belgian style IPA. So it's it's a good one. Uh, you know they have a uh, a variety of styles, but they're all good. They're all pretty good. They have a. Uh, uh yeah i'm not gonna try to remember them all because it's been a while but that one and then i also said hey you know what you may or may not be able to find some ashland ash ashland beer Aslan. or some uh the veil brewing uh they uh, are virginia beer uh, breweries but they might have some distribution in cans in the dc area so if you do get to a package store a liquor store that might have some uh some good beers in there I would recommend you try those for sure because, you know, John has said nothing but good things. Tom Joseph, nothing but good things. Other people, are, you know, and my friends, uh, are, you know, have always mentioned that those two breweries are really good, and I've never had them, uh, but they, they are really good. So I, I recommend those. And if by any chance you're at a bar or a pub and you have some uh, Bad Wolf Brewing, Bad Wolf Brewing is my favorite favorite uh, Manassas, Virginia brewery. Mm. Also, Tin Cannon is just outside of Manassas in a smaller town, which I can't remember the name of it. Uh, they Dumfries. have some really good beers, too. I really... Their Busted Cannon Black IPA, incredible. Probably one of my favorite Black IPAs ever. So if you can if you can get that one, it's really good. And then Heritage Brewing is also Man- Manassas. Um, they're, they're good, but I don't think that they are better than the other two I just mentioned, but they're also a bigger brewery that might distribute out further away from the local area of Manassas. So I recommend that. Uh, in Fredericksburg, Virginia, there's Blue and Gray 
Brewing, which has been around for a long time. I visited that brewery with my friend Eric, uh, who lives there in Fredericksburg. Uh, they might distribute out. Uh, they don't. They don't can. I don't think they can or bottle. They just do kegs. But you might be able to find them in a bar. But there's also all kinds of breweries that are in the D.C. area that I've never tried. So I can't recommend them. But if you're if you're if you Google, you know, breweries and you're in, around where you're at. I'm sure you'll find some spots you can go and try some local breweries. And if you do, please write back into us and let us know what your experience was like and what you enjoyed so we can, you know, either, you know, pass that on to our listeners. And when I visit, you know, I do visit the Virginia area every few years. Uh, when I go back next time, maybe I can try to hit up some of these breweries and try them for myself. I enjoy uh, visiting breweries when I'm out there. Yeah, we got a couple too. So my, my beer group here in Tampa, as uh, we we have the Tampa Beer Fort, right? Oh, so we okay. uh, so if you want to know uh, if I ever go to a different place that I've never been before, I type in the name of that city in the in the uh, search field in that group, and there's always recommendations. So one of the ones you recommended, Denny, was Blue Jacket. Uh huh. Yep. So that's on there. Uh, I've got recommendations for Church Key, and people oh. say that that's uh, it's on my go-to list when I'm in D.C. Make sure you check out their bottle list. Um, Blue Jacket, uh, then DC Brow, like you talked about before. Um, there's a Belgian restaurant called The Sovereign. Oh, wow. Which, which has a, uh, wonderful, uh, what looks like a really good, um, beer selection there. And then of course, Aslan shows up and, um, let's see, what was the other one there? Where'd it go? Yeah, I click something else. <laughs> it took me somewhere else. So, um, but yeah, so those ones that you mentioned, there'd be uh, plenty of good places to check out. And definitely, 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 if you uh, come up with some places that you try and you like, let us know. Yeah, yeah, we're always. I'm always out for uh, for new breweries I haven't heard of. So it's always good. All right. Well. If you would like to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us at email, like Eric did, at tapsacraft.gmail.com, or on Twitter, like our other Twitter Twitter guys did, you know, Tom Joseph, Tom Byrne, and, oh, man, who was the third one? I, now I feel bad. I missed the last one. Uh, oh, Tom Byrne. Kyle Lilly. Kyle, Kyle Lilly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How can I forget Kyle? Uh, you can do that very easily through Twitter. Just follow us at tapsacraft. And, of course... Chris would love to respond to your comments. And I've, I actually responded to some comments on our Facebook page too. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, at facebook.com slash tap to craft. We, we love interacting with our listeners. We love, uh, reading the articles you post on there. And a lot of times we'll add those articles to the show like we did in the last show. So if you find some interesting news that you haven't seen us posted, uh, by all means, post it and uh, ask us questions about it. Get our comments, and we love to interact. So you can do that very easily. And, of course, don't forget, we do have that voicemail number. You can call us at 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY and leave your your voicemail, feedback, questions, concerns, whatever you want, your your, your craft beer journey. We love hearing from our listeners. So you can be on a show. Just call our voice bill number. And we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show. They provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that we're putting out, 
we know you'll find some other great content like the following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Perform Radio Network over at OpenFormRadio.com. We have such podcasts such as Perform Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz. The Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week, as we already mentioned early in the show, we are going to be focusing on craft beer collaborative partnerships. And we have two articles, one about Ninkasi Brewing and another about Stone Brewing and BrewDog. So let's get started with the Ninkasi Brewing story. This article is, was found on brewbound.com. And this article is really well done. I, I've taken snippets from the article, but if you want to read it in whole, we can you can find the link in our show notes. And the article is called Ninkasi Brewing Sells Majority Stake and Establishes National Platform to Acquire Other Breweries. So let's get into this very interesting titled article. So Oregon's Ninkasi Brewing has sold a majority stake to Legacy Breweries Incorporated an upstart venture led by the former Yakima chief CEO, Don Bryant, and it aims to acquire U.S. craft breweries. Now, this is similar to Canarchy, which owns Oscar Blues, Cigar City Brewing, Deep Alum, Utah Brewers Cooperative, Perrin Brewing, and Three Weavers, or Artisanal Brewing Ventures, which owns Victory Brewing, Southern Tier, and Six Point Brewery, Legacy Breweries Incorporated hopes to establish a, quote, collaborative partnerships with craft breweries, according to the Ninkasi co-founder, Nikos Ridge. So they want to kind of do a similar thing as what these other companies or other breweries have done and, and, and have this collaborative partnership. So let's read a little bit further here. It says, speaking to Brewbound, Ridge said he, along with co-founder Jamie Floyd and the company's six investors, would, quote, retained significant ownership in the brewery. Ninkasi sold a majority stake to legacy breweries in order to create a new platform that can leverage our resources in conjunction with those of the legacy team, he said. The long-term goal, according to Ridge, is to identify independent craft brewery owners who are interested in selling all or parts of their businesses. And uh, again, there's some key wording in this statement that isn't the same as what we get when we hear about big beer buying out these smaller breweries this is more like definitely cooperative type behavior where they want to do something that's going to help all the breweries you know kind of excel their uh, their, their growth uh, and and how are they going to do that well guess what chris uh, why don't you go ahead and continue with the uh, with the article, and we'll kind of learn about how this Legacy Brewing Incorporated is going to do this. All right, so Legacy Brewery's plan is to purchase two more Ninkasi-sized breweries in the Midwest and East regions of the United States. Ninkasi, which the Brewers Association ranked as the 35th largest craft brewery in 2018, shipped more than 90,000 barrels last year. As those brewing hubs are established, 
the company would also look to acquire 10 to 15 smaller breweries in those geographies. Those companies would be able to access expanded production and packaging capabilities and have better access to raw materials such as hops, malt, and cans. Mm. The Legacy Breweries Venture has access to two sources of capital, including funds from a family office called Blue Ocean. A second partner that came in on the deal with Ninkasi is EPR Properties, a specialty real estate investment trust that has $6.8 billion worth of real estate investments, including 150 mega, 158 megaplex theaters and 32 top golf complexes. EPR also plans to participate in future deals, Bryant said. According to EPR director Spencer Becker, the company's strategy is to purchase real estate from its partners, lease the land back, and allow them to continue operating. Quote, it helps them cash out of the real estate they already have, he said. Yeah. So this is this is interesting because mm-hmm. they, you know, a lot of these breweries, uh, you know, they may have an investment in their property to, you know, to, uh, to, you know, that that's part of the deal, right? They buy the property, they're paying off the property to be able to build this brewery. Now, this investment firm comes in and says, hey, we'll go ahead and buy the property at fair market value or whatever. And then you can just lease it back from us. And that will help infuse you with some cash to go ahead and, and do some of that growth you need which is pretty cool. I like that. And uh, I also like the fact that they're thinking that if they can combine their resources, now you have a lot of these smaller breweries now being able to put in bigger orders for grains and hops and cans and things that you need to operate. Now they can get, you know, they can get that higher priority getting some of that stuff than they would if they were just a small mom and pop brewery, right? They're not going to have that that foothold to go in here and, and, and request the hops they need or the barley they need or the, the cans or, or crowlers or whatever. Now they have a, an option to be able to have some pull with that girth of weight behind them with all the, the breweries. Now, imagine having two more Ninkasi-sized breweries join in, one on the Midwest and one on the East Coast. Imagine which breweries these might be that might want to join in that are also about, you know, seventy-five to ninety thousand barrels a year. Now you're gonna you're gonna combine those three big regional breweries, and now you have a a, a megaton. You know, you just went from three small, you know, you know, mid-sized breweries to a big collaboration of three hundred thousand barrels, pretty fast, right? That's now you mm-hmm. have some clout, and you can then utilize these different breweries across the nation to brew some of the beers that you have in in the other areas to get them out and get that name known and and you know just expand your whole business which is kind of cool now i also like that they want to pick up smaller breweries so we have the three main you know guys are going to be the footholds the foundation of the of the the company and now you're going to have 10 to 15 other breweries that are located in areas around these bigger breweries. And that's just going to, you know, again, help out these smaller breweries to be able to gain momentum quicker. Uh, I really like this idea. I mean, this really, 
when I, when I read this article, I was like, this is exactly what I imagined a couple of years ago when we were talking about how, you know, what I would like to see happen in the craft beer uh, industry is more of this collaboration where smaller breweries combine their strength and become a, a bigger company that doesn't have to rely on big beer to to help them out. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. All right. Now that I, I said all that, I'm going to go ahead and read some more of this article. I, I guess I probably could let Chris read more since I just talked yeah, for another right five ahead. minutes. But I'll take it if you want. <clears throat> uh, no, you got you got a good section here in the end. I'll, let me just read this real quick. It says, uh, okay, so continuing on. Nevertheless, the model has been met with some limited success in recent years. Oh, wow. So I just talked this thing up, but guess what? Um, maybe it's not all, you know, roses and chocolates here, right? Maybe there's some, uh, <laughs> there's some problems, right? Uh, let's, let's read about this. In 2016, Storied Craft Breweries acquired a stake in Texas Deep Alum Brewing, selling it two years later to the Fireman Capital-backed Canarchy Craft Brewing Collective. Since exiting that investment, the company has not announced any new craft beer partnerships. So, uh, okay, so they had a plan that they were going to do a similar thing, but it kind of uh, is kind of leveled out for right now. Well, it's okay to level out because you need you don't want to build too fast, right? That's going to be another problem. You want to kind of get things going, figure out how it's going to work, find out what you need to improve upon, what's working, what's not working. So I don't mind, you know, I'm not too worried that they're you're slowing down because uh, you know, it's important to do it right. You don't want to be like Stone Brewing, who also in 2016, Greg uh, Cook announced the launch of True Craft. And we had an article on this on the show. A mm -hmm. uh, $100 million fund for investing in food, beverage, and craft brewing companies. Cook recently revealed on the Good Beer Hunting podcast that his plan to take minority stakes in those companies never materialized. So he, again, when Stone was doing so well, you know, just prior to 2016, actually, uh, you know, they had, they had a lot of money and they had a lot of, you know, they, they were looking up, 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 up. They didn't realize that that upward momentum was going to uh, peak, peak out and start coming down. So they start throwing stuff out like, hey, we're going to invest this money into trying to get other small craft breweries to be able to have some funding to, to survive. You know, they, they also, we're talking about an article here in the next article about expanding out into Berlin where they're going to open brewery and, and, ex, and a whole new experience in the European, you know, culture. Um, yeah, he had high hopes and, but this, nothing ever happened. Nothing ever came about uh, with, with this, uh, this investment thing. So that's kind of a, a sad thing. And in 2015, Private equity firm Friedman, Fleischer, and Lowe acquired Abita Brewing and established Enjoy Beer LLC, a consortium that had plans of purchasing five craft breweries and going public. The platform has yet to announce any other acquisitions, and its website redirects to the Abita homepage. So, obviously, big plans petered out. They had an idea, but they didn't necessarily have a way of executing it uh, you know, fully. I'm hoping that this plan that Ninkasi is putting together with this legacy brewing uh, venture, it's not going to peter out because I think it's got some good ideas. I hope they can make it work. 
Now, uh, one last little thing. The only newly formed control groups that have been able to make headway within the craft beer, the craft segment are the aforementioned Canarchy Craft Brewing Collective and the Artisanal Brewing Ventures. Those companies which have private equity and family office funding ranked number eight and number 11, respectively, on the beer, uh, the Brewers Association's list of top 50 U.S. craft brewing companies in 2018. So at least the Canarchy and the Artisanal Brewing are doing well in there. So it doesn't mean it's all failure. There's, there's two that are doing well. It just means that you have to come out with a smart business plan and, uh, and execute uh, well. Yeah, okay. especially the, I was going to say the way, the way the beginning of your section just made me kind of look at it. You know, it said, nevertheless, the model has been met with limited success in recent years. So mm-hmm. they, they brought up, what, three, three groups that had some trouble. Yeah. But then they just brought up two groups that seem to be doing okay. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much just like anything else. Yeah, yeah. Half the people are going to succeed, and half the people are going to fail. It's just kind it of is. How it yeah, works. that is true. That is true. And it and it just again it goes to having a, a smart plan, right? And knowing, having a, an idea of what's going on in the in that whole. Uh, uh, I just forgot the word I was using, but that the whole economy of of craft beer and and everything's going on so that you can get in and and do the right thing you know i i mentioned a, a year ago that that uh maybe less than a year ago that the shoots brewery was uh was doing it smart right they weren't they were going and investing in building a brewery in virginia but they weren't going all in where they were going to build the brewery and, and spend all this money right up front. They had a long-term plan that they were going to go, they're going to purchase the land, then they were going to open a brew pub, they were going to distribute their beer out to there, brew some brew some uh, beer on a smaller system, get the, the name known in the Virginia area, and then slowly start building up, you know, their, you know, building their plant and getting it up to the size that they have in Bend. I mean, that's a smart way of going it slowly, right? Do it slowly. It may take four years, five-year plan, but they didn't say, hey, we're going to do it. We're going to have it done in a year. They said, no, we understand that you can't rush things. And if you go too too heavy into it, it's going to cause some financial burden. And that's what happened with other breweries. You know, I'm sure Stone is also suffering from their expansion to the East Coast, you know, building in the Virginia area, I think, is where they're at. I can't remember where they went to, but I think they went somewhere in that area. Uh, I, we mentioned, was it Ballast Point? No, not Ballast What was the brewery that uh, that was going to open over in, in the East Coast and then? Oh, uh, Green Flash. Uh, Green Flash, yeah. They were going to open a brewery, and they actually had to sell off their brewery because, again, they pushed too quickly, and then the whole market changed, and they weren't able to keep up with it. So... You know, it, it all it all depends on how, uh, you know, how well you have your plan and, and how you see it taking root and, and just nurturing it. Obviously, whatever BrewDog is doing, it's working. And we'll talk about that in the next article. But, mm-hmm. I mean, there is some stuff that is working. You know, they opened BrewDog. It's expanding in the in Europe and across the world. They, they opened the, the, the brewery in Columbus, Ohio, uh, and they're spreading their – their beers in the U.S. now more readily because they have that U.S. presence. 
and it's a destination it's a beer destination that people are going to go to and and enjoy the experience and uh yeah it's pretty cool all right chris i didn't mean to get carried on why don't you go ahead and finish off this article for us okay so what gives bryant the confidence in a craft brewery roll-up model in 2019 uh, he says valuations have come down to where most CPG industries are. Uh, he said adding to, adding that the goal is not to buy companies and go national. Our thought is to be really good in three geographies. Yeah. He added. Yeah. That's so. A good, yeah. yeah. And that's and I feel like that's a really good way to go about it. Not not uh not to just be this huge conglomerate everywhere but Mm -hmm. to get really good at what you're doing in three locations so uh spreading that kind of building building your brand or building your uh well what's the word i'm looking for here just kind of (laughs) (laughs) well brand uh, you 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 and me both geez um just getting Instead, yeah, instead of getting really trying to be good in a lot of places, let's get really, really good in a couple of places. Mm-hmm. So uh, they'll have to work. They'll have to. Uh, they'll have their work cut out for them in the Pacific Northwest, where Nikasi competes with other large local craft beer companies, included, including the publicly traded Roll Up Craft Brew Alliance, as well as Deschutes Brewery, Miller Coors owned Hop Valley and Anheuser-Busch InBev-owned 10-Barrel Brewing, among many others. Yeah. According... Oh, hold on. Mm-hmm. So this one surprised me. I knew... Of course, I knew that Anheuser-Busch owned 10-Barrel. That happened mm-hmm. a couple years ago. I did not realize that Miller Coors all of a sudden picked up Hop Valley. Hop Valley is a great craft brewery that I love. They're, they do a lot of great hoppy beers. I mean, really good hoppy beers. I didn't realize that Miller Coors all of a sudden picked them up Maybe I did and I forgot. It was like in an article I read and I just forgot it happened. But it kind of like reignited the fact that, man, another great, you know, brewery that I enjoy has been picked up by Big Beer, which is, you know, frustrating. It's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah. All right, they'll have uh, they'll have their work cut out for... I already read that part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, according to Ridge, Ninkasi depletions declined 4% last year. Uh, the company shipped... 90,456 barrels, about 1,000 barrels shy of its 2017 output. It's currently in the process of upgrading its canning line capabilities to be able to fill 100,000 barrels per year, and it's installed a new five-barrel brew house for innovation initiatives, he added. According to data from the Oregon Liquor Control Commission, Ninkasi shipped more than 50,000 barrels of beer in the state last year. Yeah, now that's key, right? Yeah, that's a lot of beer in one state. In Oregon, too. Yeah. Oregon is, you know, craft beer birth, basically, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the craft beer movement started in, in Oregon for the most part. Mm-hmm. And to be able to sell more than half the amount of beer that you produce in your home state, that's huge. So Ninkasi is a big player, uh, you know, in that state. So that that's going to help. Uh, that's not those are nice numbers i mean nothing to complain i mean yeah they were a thousand barrels uh shorter this year than or last year than the previous year but we don't know what went on right they they may have expanded uh if you've ever been to eugene and seen Nkasi, they aren't in one location i mean they are in one general location but their buildings they they took over buildings around 
their area. And so they don't have this one campus that has everything in it. They're bouncing from building to building through streets where people live and producing their beer and piping their beer from the brew house to these warehouses and stuff. I mean, they grew so rapidly. They didn't have space to, to grow. They kind of had to just take over buildings as they became vacant. And, uh, you know, it is a little bit tough. So I'm guessing that maybe that thousand barrel decrease was during a transition period where they were transitioning from one building to another and they were making some, uh, you know, some changes, right? So not too alarming. I don't think a thousand barrels is anything to, to be too alarmed. Okay, good. I, I like that article. I'm excited for this. I want to see it succeed. I want to see more breweries do this. I want to see this happen. I want to see this succeed and see more do the same thing so that we can keep the craft beer independent breweries alive and strong and and not just kind of uh you know fade away uh, as we, as we do when when things you know i i mentioned in the last show you know that uh, bridgeport brewing a brewery that i have been familiar with for a long time is now no longer in business and that's sad for me i don't want to see that happen i want to see more things like this happen that can keep these breweries alive so that's good okay let's get on to the next article because I'm starting to lose my voice. I think I've been talking too much. <laughs> so the next, the next and last article is actually not really an article, but a blog post. It's a blog post from BrewDog blog, and it's BrewDog's new brewery in Berlin. Now, isn't that strange that BrewDog is opening a brewery in Berlin? Because Stone opened a brewery in Berlin. Well, let's see what this is about. It says, we are delighted to announce that we have completed a deal to acquire an amazing brewery and tap room in Berlin from our good friends at Stone Brewing. Oh, holy smokes, imagine that. Stone <laughs> Brewing is what a selling their brewery and tap room that they spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on uh, to uh, BrewDog. Okay, we will officially take ownership of our new brewery on May 1st. Wow, that's less than a month away. They're going to have ownership of this. And this article was just released this week or last week, right? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fresh article just released a few days ago. Uh, the brewery we have acquired is in the uh, Merendorf neighborhood of Berlin, which was originally opened in 2016 in a beautiful and historic gasworks building, which dates back to 1901. As we get the keys to our new European home on May 1st, after a certain time for evaluation, we will be closed for a bit as we turn the building into a brew dog space, similar to the vibe that we've created at our Columbus brewery. Once we reopen, we are looking forward to holding a huge opening party, as well as hosting an epic European AGM for our equity punks here in or, or there later in 2019, and also making Berlin the next destination for BrewDog Airlines. Okay, so I have a <laughs> few things to say here, right? Uh, I think we, I think we read an article about this BrewDog Airlines on a show a while back, and I didn't uh, read the the article that stated that the first flight from BrewDog Airlines, uh, two hours after they left uh, the states. To fly to Scotland or where their main thing was, I can't remember now. Uh, the toilet stopped working, oh, so geez. they didn't have toilets operating on the plane 
for most of the trip and you're drinking a bunch of beer, that means they drank way too much beer and filled the whole freaking toilets up uh, two hours into the flight. Now, that's crazy. I hope they fix that problem uh, because you can't you can't have a bunch of people drinking beer and not being able to go to the bathroom. That's got to be a messy flight. But Yeah, that's going to be a little rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, they, what do you have to say? Anything about uh, this so far? You know, yeah, they had mentioned their uh, their their equity punks. Yeah, uh, like you and I were talking about a little earlier that the uh, BrewDog uh, offered basically offered some stake in their company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you wanted to invest with them, which I'm still on the fence about, like I kind of wanted to go give them some money. <laughs> But, but they want, they want I, a decent chunk, though, right? It's, it's believe, a few, few thousand dollars, I think. I believe their minimum investment was either five hundred or a thousand dollars. Okay, yeah. Which, uh, looking at it, it's like, hey, that's that's a lot of money. But then on the other hand, it's not a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm, like I said, I'm still on the fence about it. Like it would just been cool to maybe see what happens with it. But. Uh, I, I didn't remember the part about the uh, BrewDog Airlines and the toilet breaking. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I think that that's, that's kind of key to, oh, not the toilet breaking part, but I think it's key <laughs> the uh, the whole um, crowdsource investing thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's huge, especially just how our society works now. Crowdsourcing is huge for a lot of stuff. I mean... John and Kristen used it for, for Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a few friends that have done a few things through things like GoFundMe and what's the other one? Well, they've used things like GoFundMe um, just to source a project or source a business or source something. Yeah. Uh, and I, me personally, I mean, I think it's pretty awesome. Now, I know the fees for what GoFundMe and Kickstarter, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, GoFundMe and Kickstarter uh, can vary. But, um, you know, I, th- I think that's an awesome way to fund something. And I mean, I know we've put in, we invested some time into a brewery here locally that, you know, anytime I go into that brewery, I can have my first beer for free. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice yeah. perk. So I mean, in- Indiegogo was the one that Trek Brewing used. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, so, so that's yeah. another one. Indiegogo uh, and other those guys. But you know, Stone Brewing tried the same thing. They tried an Indiegogo uh, fund, and they got, when they were trying to fund their Berlin brewery, and they got shot down. People were like all you know going crazy, like, what do you mean you you want money to go do this? You got all this money. And so it kind of backfired with Stone. But it's funny how it's not backfiring when uh, when BrewDog is trying to do it and, and utilizing it for them. Maybe it's just the way they go about it, uh, you know, differently, comes across differently to, to different yeah. people, right? Because yeah. Stone definitely think... ruffles some feathers when they try to use it. Well, I think because Stone used Indiegogo for it mm-hmm. and BrewDog is offering a share in their company. Oh, okay. So it's, so... it's not like just, hey, give us money and, uh, and yeah, and and you'll get your name on a plaque. This is give us money. And now you're an owner in this company. Yeah. And I, I read, I believe I read part into it to see about, uh, you know, what the benefits were. Um, maybe that's why I didn't pull the trigger, Mm -hmm. but it was, uh, I mean, it's a, I honestly, if it was something that was closer to me, 
Yeah. If some if someone was like, "Hey, I'm opening a brewery. Here's what it here's what we have in in mind. Um, you know, we're looking for people to help us fund it and you can do, you know, if you give us X amount of money, you know, you'll get, you know, a free beer every time you walk in the door or, you know, I mean, personally, I'd love to see something where I could get a percentage of maybe their like a percentage of their of their income. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. for a bigger thing, but I think some yeah. of the smaller ones. I think just getting the the beer every time you walk in is a nice perk, right? If oh, I, I agree. If I knew that I had a local pu- local place that I could visit easily, and I I know I had a beer at least one beer every time I came into it, I would definitely invest in mm-hmm. it because I'd be there all the time. Yeah, well, it's it's nice because I mean, whenever I'm in that area, I can stop by. But um, that area is about forty minutes away from us now, so I'm not always just you know, forty forty five minutes. Uh, I'm not in that area too often. Let's just say that. Yeah, so. that forty no forty forty to forty five minutes is not convenient. No. no, but I mean, we had to donate twenty five hours. I mean, it was twenty five. Oh, yeah, that hours. was the one you helped that, build. The Zephyr, yeah, the Zephyr, the one in Zephyr Hills. Yeah, Zephyr Hills. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that one. I think that's like a that's that's an awesome idea. And there was a couple other breweries here that did the exact same thing. Um, that they said, "Hey, donate some time, come in and help us out." You know, and uh, you know, we'll we'll bring you in as part of our founders club. Yeah, and that's uh, that's awesome. But no, that is cool. Uh, I I like that way. I mean. We have a few of those here in the in the Boise area. Like Boise Brewing is a cooperative brewery, but they want a big chunk. And the you know honestly, I they had a couple openings where like when they first were going to open, you could buy in, and I think the minimum was a thousand dollars to buy into the brewery. I never had any of their beer, and I'm like, I don't live, you know, I'm not going to, I don't live down there, so I'm like, ah, I don't think I'm going to invest that without knowing. The beer is good and it's going to last. Then they opened up and yeah, the beer is okay. I mean, the beer's won some of Great American Beer Fest awards, you know, for their for their stout. Uh, their Black Black Cliffs uh, American Stout wins silver uh, three years in Great American Beer Fest. So they have one beer that does well. But honestly, even after they open, yeah, that, that beer is good. And they have a couple beers good, that are good, but they don't provide enough variety of beers for me to want to come there and visit all the time. When I go in there and I have the same beers, I'm like, geez, that's, yeah, that's great. Their beers are okay, but I don't need to buy the same thing I can get in the grocery store from them mm-hmm. to go in the brewery. And then they had a re-offering of, of shares to go ahead and expand the brewery a little bit. And I still turn it down because I'm like, you know what? I don't go down to that area and drink very often. And because their beers aren't, you know, driving me in, you know, if they, if they were releasing new beers all the time that really appealed to me, I would be way more eager to go and buy into it so I can get first dibs on those beers. But it's just not that way. So I've, I've kind of not gone that route. And, you know, the, you know, that Barbarian Brewing, you know, they have their, their, their club. When they first opened it, before they opened, it was 100 bucks a year to join their, their club to go and get uh, early release and get you know some guaranteed bottles of stuff. I didn't do it because I'm like you know I mean it's kind of expensive. I don't know what the, what the, how their beer is. Turns out that yeah most of their beer was pretty good, but a lot of it I just didn't like, especially their Belgian stuff. So I waited for the next year. Well next year they raised it from a hundred to 150. I'm like okay well gee 150 dollars now and it's not close to me and it's an effort and their beer is still 
you know, good, but it's not, you know, something that I just must have. Uh, I passed on it again. Now it's $200, you know, per membership per year to get the same thing you're getting for $100 back before. Uh, they've opened two, two venues, one downtown Boise and one in their original spot. I still haven't visited the downtown Boise one, even though I drive there all the time to go to the co-op and to go to other bars. I just don't go there because, you know what, I'm just not enamored with their uh, business practices, for one thing, and their beer. Not all their beer is that great. Some things are really good, but it's just not that great. And I know I'm probably going to get lambasted by a lot of people that love their beer, but to me, it's just okay. But they're caught up in their own self uh awareness of that that people want to come get their beer so they raise their prices you know they're charging six dollars a goza i don't need to pay six dollars for a freaking 12 ounce pour of a goza i mean come on it's a freaking goza you're not barrel aging this sucker you're throwing in yeah i mean i mean it just seems like way too much they just have overinflated their prices for what you get in my opinion so um you know i chose not to uh invest in those companies myself but if it was someone closer to my house, I, man, if they would build a brewery up where I live, I would for sure, I mean, if I had their beer and it actually tasted good, I would for sure uh, invest, uh, you know, maybe $250 into it and get a mug, you know, get a, uh, you know, uh, a, a brick on the wall saying, hey, he's mm -hmm. a, a, a brick owner and have my mug and, and be able to go in there and get maybe uh, discounted beer. And maybe, like you said, one free beer per month uh, for the lifetime of the brewery, and I get discounts on uh, pints I buy or whatever. I, I would do it because it's close by, the, and if the beer is good, it's it's worth it for me to go in there and make the effort. But I mean, I'll send you a beer. I'll send you a brick if you want. I'll write your <laughs> name on it and everything. How much does it cost me? Hey, we put that. Well, no, we will put that in the in a flat rate box. You know what? I'll do it for you for fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> 50 bucks and all yeah, i get's yeah. a brick yeah, yeah well i mean it's not just a brick it's a custom brick with your name on it okay, okay. i'll I'll put sarah's name on it too okay all right that's cool <laughs> it's a full brick not just a, a brick face no it's actually going to be it's going to be a full red brick it's going to be a fresh okay. fresh made brick too yeah okay 50 bucks that's not like a good yep. deal 50 bucks all right yeah 52 then okay all right. All right. All right. So, Continue on with this article. <laughs> all right. The brewery itself is a 100 hectoliter or 2,641 gallons for those of you playing in the United States. Uh, 100 hectoliter state of the art system with both a canning line and bottling line and also a 10 hectoliter pilot system too. The main building of the brewery campus features an amazing 2,500 square meter tap room with a 13 meter high glass wall to the brewery. And there are also 500 square meters of outdoor, I'm sorry, 5,000 square meters yeah. of outdoor gardens for enjoying a beer outside. That's a big freaking garden. That's a lot. <laughs> well, no, that's uh, uh, what's an eighth of an acre. It's still a lot for a, Beer well, no, that's that's meters. I'm sorry, I'm going off a of square feet, so uh, I don't this know. This is what bigger that... than this is three feet, nine, forty five hundred square feet. That's a lot. Yeah, right? okay, that's. I think, a, I, that's think a, I did the math right. I mean, right? we could always ask Siri. <laughs> 
we're too we're too uh we've been drinking too much to do math nah nah anyway uh we have we have a whole host of exciting plans for the building and the space as we focus on community and focus on beer. We will be announcing more of our plans as we get closer to reopening, but we wanted to share one element of our plans today. We'll be launching the Berlin Craft Collective in the 10 hectoliter pilot brewery at the Mariendorf site. We will essentially be giving the pilot system over to the craft brewers of Berlin to help them either start their brewing journey or scale up their business. As well as helping them brew on our system, we will also showcase their beers in all of our German bars. Mm, wow. We Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome that they're just going to kind of hand that over and go, there, have, have at it. Uh, we want to make our new Berlin brewery the hub for the craft beer movement and use it to help elevate the status of beer and craft brewing in Germany. As part of our commitment to the German market, we have had a very popular BrewDog bar in Berlin since 2017, and we are also due to open a Hamburg location in the summer of 2019, too. Wow. These guys are expanding. and These guys are no joke. No. And I love that they are giving back to the craft beer community, right? Letting these local German craft breweries... Now, these local german craft breweries i bet they're suffering even harder than most places right because germany has got in you know they're entrenched in traditional german styles and the way they brew beer the rhein heiskabot and everything i i mean i think craft breweries you know brewing in germany has got to be tough but these guys are opening their doors and saying hey let us help you let us help promote craft brewing in germany uh, and come brew in our pilot system and get your beers out in in, in bigger uh, amounts i think that's a great idea i mean i really applaud them for you know for for doing that not just taking it off for themselves and uh now i don't know if they're going to be charging the brew i mean i'm sure they'll be charging the breweries too but maybe hopefully it won't be too expensive to to come brew in that system okay let's finish up this article the history and camaraderie of Stone and Brewdog goes all the way back to 2007. Since our first collaboration brew in our original brewery in Frasserburg, we have collaborated many times, from brewing groundbreaking beers to Stone being the only brewery featured twice in Brewdog's TV show. You know, I never, ha I have still haven't seen any of Brewdog's TV shows. Yeah, me either. either. Okay, so I'm not alone. Okay, I won't. I don't feel so bad now. Furthermore, part of the reason that BrewDog ended up building a brewery in Columbus was because Greg Cook generously shared details of locations that Stone had considered in the city with James. Stone built a fantastic brewery in Berlin, but the words of their co-founder and executive chairman, Greg Cook. Ultimately, the project turned out to be too big too bold, and too early in our growth curve in Europe. Sure, in hindsight, maybe we should have started smaller, aimed for the tree line instead of the stars. Today, we lick a few wounds, but count our successes too. We are not leaving Germany or Europe. We've met a whole new country and continent of craft beer fans. Our distribution to more than 30 European countries will continue to grow. Stone Brewing Tap Room in... Prinzollerberg is still very much open and pints will still flow. 
we st we stand proud and are heartened that we can pass the Mariendorf Beer Temple into the capable hands of our friends at BrewDog. They will go or they will do great things, and from time to time, as we've done in the past, we'll do some of those great things together. And I didn't don't have it in my notes here, but I believe I read in either the the Stone Brewing blog or further in this blog that uh, they plan on uh, BrewDog plans on continuing to brew Stone beers in their pilot system. Also, uh, so Stone Brewing will still have a presence in Germany uh, from that uh, that brewery, but just in a smaller dose instead of having big. 100 hectoliter uh, batches. They'll be having smaller 10 hectoliter batches and that will be supplying the German uh, beer scene. So, yeah, big change. I mean, Stone uh, is, is, I mean, it looks like that they are really suffering. You know, last year they had let go of 20% of their workforce. Uh, they've had, now they have to close this Berlin brewery I think they're trying to, uh, you know, they're trying to go ahead and cauterize some of these wounds that are that are just like, you know, killing them off. You know, they lost their their main uh, owner. You know, I can't remember his name. Steele, Greg, no, Mitch Steele, right? He was the co-owner with uh, Greg Cook when they started Stone Brewing, and he left a year, maybe two years ago, uh, from Stone Brewing. There's a signs that Stone Brewing is not doing well. Uh, I mean, I hope they're able to come out of this and still maintain business, but I think they uh, they realize that they're not the superstars that they once were. Uh, things have changed. Uh, people demand uh, good beer, uh, consistent beer, and uh, you know, and I don't know. I I, I think uh, I I've already mentioned many times that I don't drink stone beer anymore, and I used to drink stone beer a lot. Same here. Uh, and I just, I got tired that the beers just all taste the same and they're way overpriced. And I just don't feel that it's worth paying that price for a beer that's just so-so. Now, I know I'm probably pissing off Mark Connor because I know he loves Stone. And I don't hate Stone. I just would rather spend my money on breweries that are innovating and giving me things that have better, you know, more flavor and, and more enjoyable for a re more reasonable price than what Stone has been giving me for the last three years. Uh, that's my uh, soapbox. I'm standing down. <laughs> Any last comments, Chris? No. Okay. Well, then it is time to put this show to bed because I thought we only had an hour show. But guess what, Chris? We're going on two hours. So all of our long show fans will be very happy that they have a two-hour show to listen to. But before... We close this thing out. Is there anyone you would like to raise a glass to this evening? Yes, there is. I would love to raise a glass to Kevin and Amanda Argauer. I uh, wanted to send you guys a uh, huge, huge rage. A rage. Damn it. Yeah. Ra rage. Rage. Rage a huge glass. <laughs> I want to raise a huge, huge glass to you guys uh, for for one uh, the beers you brought to the house. I haven't had the chance to drink um, all of them yet, but we did have some of that uh, raspberry left hand milk stout yesterday. Oh yeah, I had that uh, one myself. Yeah, and uh, I guess we got to get back on it when we when we get back from our trip. There's so. still time tonight. You can drink them tonight. 
Uh, I'm already three beers in. I'm I'm good. I still got to go finish packing my suitcase. Flight leaves at one thirty tomorrow. I got things to do. Um, I have to do them semi sober because you can only drop shit so drop ship so much stuff from Amazon uh, to your hotel room. True. True. Uh, so, guys, a huge cheers to you. Thank you again for coming out and spending some time with us. Uh, hopefully, we get to do it again very soon. Yes, for sure. I can't wait for myself to meet up with Amanda and Kevin my you know also they great people good times I'm glad you guys had a fantastic time uh, I'm gonna raise my glass to uh, my cousin Corey's son Joe who turned 21 this last weekend uh, and went and celebrated he's in Pocatello Idaho which is the same place my daughter is at but uh, he did turn 21. He went to Jim Dandy Brewing for his 21st birthday celebration. Had some great beer. Had a good time. Uh, I raised my glass to uh, to another to another great uh, drinker on the way. Hopefully he'll be able to keep up <laughs> with his dad and I. That'd be good. Uh, and then also, um, you know, we've mentioned uh, Jim and Tara on the show. They were visiting their daughter in Arizona for the last week, and they've been visiting a ton of Arizona breweries, drinking a lot of beer. They drank so much beer that on Saturday, they were actually drinking coffee uh, instead of beer when they had a flight of beer in front of them because Jim just, uh, I think he needed some coffee and slow down that beer. So, hey, if you're drinking so much beer that you can't mm-hmm. drink any more beer, that is good. That's a good Bravo, sir. Right there, so. Bravo. Yeah, I raised my glass to them for sure. And uh, you know what? There's probably like a dozen other people I want to raise a glass to, but because I'm feeling really good after drinking a few beers tonight, I think I'll I'll hang it up there. Uh, but before I do that, I just got to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there protecting our freedoms. Thank you for your service. Please return home safely to your families very soon. And Chris... You need to go ahead and raise a glass to our sponsors. Absolutely. Let's raise a glass to B Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups, for partnering up with us. And I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at bcups.net, or you can check out all their goings on at fermentedreality.com. So you can check out the world's first full line of style-specific plastic beer cups for people on the go. Whether you're hanging out on the beach, by the pool, hiking in the wilderness, or even enjoying some boating, B-Cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware. Also, visit our friends at Tavor.com, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, and you can use the promo code TAPTHECRAFT, which is all one word, and they'll give you guys, uh, any new users, a free $10 credit after you spend $25. Excellent. All right, you can find the beers and links to the articles we mentioned on the show in our show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And Chris, how can our followers, our listeners follow you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82 or untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. And of course you can always find me on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. All right. It is last call. Time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We also ask you to please tell a friend about our show. And, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. 
Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Man, that was a good show, John, or Chris. I call you John. <laughs> whatever the hell his name is. Whoever, whoever you are. Obviously, yeah. I've, uh, I'm definitely, uh, I'm feeling it. I'm definitely feeling it. This was a good show. I, uh, I'm getting lightheaded. <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like you had some good beers. I had some good beers. I, uh, I definitely overdid it. I, uh, I, I shouldn't go over the big alcohol ones to start the show off. For sure. <laughs>